Hey everyone, we are here, and I thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio, the New Hope Radio podcast as well, which is New Hope Radio on demand, like that. Get these programs anytime. NewHopeCC.tv, go to the Hope Club, the Hope Club podcast, and anywhere else good podcasts are held. these new earbuds. I like them. They stick in your ears, you know. They don't, sometimes they're going too far. It's right into the brain. Sometimes it doesn't go in far enough. <laughs> hey, let me ask you. Did you ever have a conversation with someone that you had a hard time understanding what they were saying? That can happen. Misunderstanding what someone says, it can cause, oh yeah, disastrous results. You know that? Marriages are dissolved, friendships and illnesses can be misdiagnosed. Let me tell you a little story about Michelangelo. You know Michelangelo, right? Let's tell you a little story about him. Michelangelo created a, um, a statue of Moses. And the basis of the statue is found in Exodus 34. Here's what it says. It came about when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hands. As he was coming down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with God. Now, the word shown in the Hebrew, Quran, Q-A-R-A-N, and it means to push or to gore. Sometimes it means to shine. Sometimes it's used and translated horn. Now, there's a translation of the Bible called the Latin Vulgate in English. And here's what it says. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he held the two tablets or the two tables of the testimony, and he knew not that his face was horned from the conversation of the Lord. So that's the translation that Michelangelo used, and he made a statue of Moses, and Moses had (laughs) two horns on his head. Yeah, because of a what? Misunderstanding of what? the scriptures said. It was a mistranslation. So he put horns on Moses. So that's a little example of how we really need to know what's being said. In our series, Let's Meet Jesus Again for the First Time, we find Jesus in a strange conversation with a Pharisee. He's a member of the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin. You know who this guy is, right? Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus wants to talk about miracles, but Jesus wants to talk about birthdays. (laughs) So we pick it up in John chapter 3, verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night. Oh, why do you think he came by night? Well, maybe he wanted to make a personal investigation 
without the crowds of people around. Maybe it was a secret visitation so as not to be discovered that he was going to talk to this Jesus person. I would say that Nicodemus is a picture of what Peter said in 1 Peter 2.9. Here's what Peter said, speaking to believers. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. This is why, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Now, this will be the journey of Nicodemus. Nicodemus begins in the dark. Oh, yeah, but he finishes in the light. So Nicodemus came and said to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God as a teacher. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So like I said, Nicodemus wants to talk about miracles, but Jesus wants to talk about birthdays. So Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, notice what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say, you know, Nicodemus, you are very astute. You are a very observant rabbi. I could use a guy like you. (laughs) Jesus didn't say that. He entered into a strange conversation with Nicodemus. You know, that conversation with Nicodemus was considered strange to him. But I'll tell you what, it's it's considered strange Oh, yeah, to many people today as well. It really is. So, being a Pharisee, you know, that was an accomplishment for a Jewish man in those days. I mean, he went through long hours of study, schooling, following his rabbi all around, learning from him. Once he arrived at being a Pharisee, that was a great accomplishment. And now, being a member of the Jewish council, that was like having a Ph.D., So Nicodemus, he's like up there, okay? And here's Jesus. He doesn't even mention what Nicodemus has accomplished. You know why? Because he's still in the dark. With all that he's learned and all that he's accomplished, he's still in the dark. Nicodemus, with all your religiosity and all your education, you are still no closer to God. Do you know who else made this realization? The Apostle Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul listed all of his accomplishments, and there were many. You know, he kept the native tongue. He was of true Jewish blood, a Pharisee of Pharisees, blameless to the law. I mean, man, this guy, he did it all. But you know what he said when he realized who Christ was? Whatever those things were gained to me, I've counted them as loss. Another translation says, I've counted them as garbage for the sake of Christ. He said, more than that, I count things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, I give all those things away. They, they don't compare to knowing Jesus. That's why the smartest people in the world know Christ. If you don't know Christ, I don't care what other stuff you know, you're not too smart. 
The dumbest people in the world, they don't know Jesus. And yet they might have education, PhDs, they can write books. They're still not too smart until you get to know Christ. And Paul said, you know what? That's okay. I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them but rubbish that I may gain Christ. Paul knows. He weighs on one hand earthly accomplishments, and then he weighs on the other hand knowing Christ. He says, you know what? I'll take knowing Christ every time. (laughs) And he did. Now, here we are, right, 2,000 years later, and many people feel the same way Nicodemus felt. People think today, oh, I must be close to God. Oh, yeah. I go to church. Hey, I grew up in church. Are you kidding me? I'm a member of this particular denomination. We're the only true denomination, you know. Oh, and by the way, I'm a nice person. I help people. I must be close to God. See, if someone had that conversation with Jesus today, he would say the same thing. You know what he would say? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus is in this strange conversation with Jesus, and he's baffled. He's baffled. You know why? He says, huh, how, how can this be? Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? I'm like, what? He can't enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Now, I wasn't there when they were talking. Is this a hint of sarcasm? I don't know. Is, not, is, is Nicodemus being a little sarcastic to Jesus? Maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. But I know he doesn't get it. You know why? He's still in the dark. When you're in the dark, you miss the light. See, to the Jew, and this is why Nicodemus maybe should have understood this, to the Jew, when a Gentile crossed over into Judaism, it was said that they experienced the new birth. So Nicodemus saw no need for a new birth for him, because why? He was Jewish. Why do I need a new birth? I'm already Jewish. I'm already a son of Abraham. Well, Jesus wants Nicodemus to realize that, hey, let me tell you something, Nick. The kingdom of God is not national. It's personal. It's got nothing to do with what country you were born in or what nation you're a part of. Oh, no. It's personal. It's one-on-one. It's mano a mano, you know? It's the individual in God, and that's it. It's not God in a nation. It's God in a person. It's not something you're physically born into. It's something you are spiritually born into. Jesus is trying to get Nicodemus to understand something, here it comes, that he never considered before. And let me tell you, that's the Christian life. That's Christianity. Getting people into Christianity is trying to get them to understand something that they never did before. 
Because the answer over the years hasn't changed. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That never changes. So Jesus went on and he, he, he starts to explain a little bit in this strange conversation that he's having with Nicodemus. Nicodemus he said, truly, truly, I say to you, and truly, truly means like, listen, pay attention, Nicodemus. Don't look over there. Pay attention. Okay. <laughs> he says, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He says, that which is born of the flesh, that's flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. What does that mean? That which is humanly born is human. That which is spiritually born is spiritual. The first birth, the birth of flesh, will get you here, earth. <laughs> the second birth will get you there, the kingdom of God. You see? You're born into the earth physically. You're born into God's kingdom spiritually. Now, some say the water birth that Jesus talked about refers to John the Baptist's baptism. Now, you know, there's, there's a denomination built on the fact that you can't be saved unless you're water baptized. And they really believe that. But I don't think verse 6 supports that. Here's what verse 6 says. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So either way, what's really important is the spiritual birth. See, a physical work doesn't get you born spiritually. It's got to be something that's not physical. Water baptism is physical. You go down in the water, you come out. As a matter of fact, in church age doctrine, water baptism doesn't get you salvation. It follows salvation. Here at New Hope, after somebody professes Christ, then they're water baptized. They're taking that which was private and personal and making it public. Yes, they accepted Christ in their heart, personally and privately, and now they're going to be water baptized to proclaim it to the world. That's the way it works. And Jesus said in verse 8, The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it. Now, you don't know where it comes from and where it's going. I mean, Jesus didn't have Doppler radar in those days, right, like we do. So he says, you don't know where the wind comes from and where it's going. Well, so is everyone who's born of the Spirit. And what he's saying is this, okay? The wind is a mystery. Remember now, we're back in the first century. They didn't understand the jet stream. The wind is a mystery. You don't know how it comes and you don't know how it goes, but you can feel it. You can see the effects of the wind. We know that wind exists because of its effects upon us, right? The new birth is like that. It has an undoubtable effect on a person. That's how you know you've experienced the new birth. There is an undoubtable effect. 
Let's talk about the wind. What can the wind do? What is the, what is the effect of the wind? We can't see it, but what's the effect of it? Well, it can fly a kite. It can power a sailboat. Oh, it can take down trees? Powerful. We have storms all the time, right? <laughs> trees go down. It takes roof, roofs off houses. Its effect is obvious. Now here it comes. So is the spirit in a person's heart. The effect of the Holy Spirit in a person's heart is obvious. There's no doubt when someone has truly been born again, there is no doubt that they have been born again. So Nicodemus says, how does this happen? How, how does this born again thing happen? And you know what Jesus said to Nicodemus? I like sometimes Jesus challenges people, doesn't he? He said, Nicodemus, you're a teacher and you don't know. You don't know how this happens. Nicodemus is a student of the Old Testament. He should have known what Jesus was talking about because God had prepared them. God said to the people of Israel through Ezekiel the prophet, know what he said? He said, I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. I will give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel's talking about a picture of being recreated, about a new birth. He said in Ezekiel eleven nineteen, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Oh, it's a beautiful thing God wants to do for us. You know, it's a, it, God is delivering us from ourselves. You know that? I'll tell you what, if there's a deliverance that we need, <laughs> it's to be delivered from ourselves. And then Jesus demonstrates how to receive this new birth. This is important. Here comes the punchline. Verse 14. And Nicodemus, I'm sure he was familiar with this. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Now, Nicodemus must have been Familiar with the story of Moses. In the wilderness crossing, the people, they spoke against Moses. They complained about the manna that God was providing. So God sent snakes to bite the complainers. Oh yeah, you want to complain? He sent serpents, fiery serpents, and all the people being bit on the ankles and the legs. Ow, ow, ow. On their feet. Ah. Well, it got really bad, and finally the people repented. And they asked Moses to intervene for them. 
Oh, Moses, tell God, take the snakes. Oh, get them out of here. Remove them, Moses. So Moses went to God. And God told Moses, okay, Moses, listen, here's what you do. Make a brass serpent. Put it on a pole. And hold it up. Whoever looks at it, they'll be healed from the snake bites. So Jesus took that incident, which again, Nicodemus should have been familiar with, and he probably was, and he used it to point to himself. And that's why Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I don't know if, Mo- if Nicodemus understood that part about Christ being lifted up on a Roman cross. And then Jesus said, when I'm lifted up, whoever believes will in me have eternal life. Oh, that's the point. That's what he wants Nicodemus to understand. That's what he wants us to understand. How does that spiritual birth take place? Whoever believes, whoever believes in him, will have eternal life. Well, we know eventually Nicodemus did come to an understanding because later on when the Pharisees wanted to do away with Jesus, they said, we're going to get rid of this guy. Nicodemus came to his defense. And he said in John 7, whoa, wait a minute. Our Lord does not judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he's doing, does it? Like Nicodemus, he hears these guys, he want to get rid of Jesus, but he's like, wait a minute. He hasn't even had a fair trial. What's the crime? What's he done? You know, we have to, we have to hear from him. We have to have a court. You can't, you can't execute someone without a hearing. You can't do that. So here's where Nicodemus kind of stood out from the crowd. You know why? The new birth. Oh, the new birth. You know, if you've experienced the new birth in Christ, you will stand out. Oh, yeah. You will stand out from the crowd. See, it makes us different. It makes us godly. And then later on, Nicodemus, after the crucifixion, after Jesus was buried in the tomb, he also brought spices to anoint Jesus' body. The Bible tells us in John 19, 39, that Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, oh yeah, that Nicodemus, he came again bringing a mixture of, of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Wow! <laughs> you know, Nicodemus had some money. We know that. These guys were well to do, and he brought all these spices to honor Jesus. You know why he wanted to honor Jesus? The new birth. The new birth. See, people that experience the new birth want to honor the Lord. People that haven't, they don't care. They don't care about honoring him. They only want to honor, uh uh-oh, themselves. That's all. Now you know who's got the new birth. You want to honor the Lord? You want to honor yourself. I want to honor myself. Then you don't have the new birth yet. Oh. I want to honor the Lord. That's because you got the new birth. You got the Spirit of God. 
It's the spirit of God inside of you. And it made you different. That's what it does. It makes us it makes us different from what we used to be. And it makes us different from others that do not have the new birth. I mean, our heart's desire is that everybody has a new birth, right? God is not willing that any should perish. He wants everybody to have the new birth. Why? So we can be together with him. Well, what I like about Nicodemus is that you can track his salvation. You can watch him in the beginning when he comes to Jesus by night. And maybe he's struggling. Oh, man, i got to figure this out. I don't know. Let me born again. I've got to figure this out. Let me go back and read about Moses and the serpent and see if I can make a connection here. And he disappears for a while. Then he comes back at the end. At the end of the Lord's life. He says, oh, don't treat Jesus that way. Give him a hearing. Let's listen to him. Let's hear him out. Nicodemus. Oh, he's changing. And then after they killed him, after they killed Jesus, buried him in the tomb, Nicodemus shows up again. I'm going to honor this man. I'm going to anoint his body. I'm going to make it smell good. To his surprise, the body wasn't there, but Nicodemus's heart was right. And you see, that should be the mark of every true believer. What's that? That the heart is right. We should always be checking our heart because we live life from the heart. Paul said, examine yourself daily. See if you're operating by means of the faith. The issues of life are in the heart. We speak from the heart. The tongue is the overflow of the heart. I mean, every man, the heart is like control central. Everything comes out of there. That's why we have to guard our heart. And when you experience the new birth, your heart changes. Your heart comes alive. And you know what? It's a happy heart. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a happy heart. The new birth will give you a happy heart. Just ask anybody that's had it. Hey, thanks for coming along today. Don't forget the Hope Club podcast. You can hear these messages on demand anytime. Join the Hope Club. Join us on YouTube as well. Get on board. Let's build our YouTube audience. All of our messages are archived right there. Thanks WARV for allowing us to be on the radio with them as well. Have a great day. We'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.